It's a hot July day in the Blue Ridge Mountains in the star city of the South, Roanoke, Virginia. Hello, my summer friends. Welcome to the Jamie Lee Show. Today's story is about the man and the scam. Do you want to get rich quick? Are you charming? Do you lack scruples? If so, a Ponzi scheme may be for you. Yes, there was a real Mr. Ponzi. And here's how his scam worked. First, come up with a phony investment. It could be a parcel of worthless land that you're sure is going to rise in value in a few months, or stock in a non-existent company that you are certain is going to go through the roof soon. Then recruit a small group of investors, promising to say, Double their money in 90 days. 90 days later, send these initial investors, or at least some of them, a check for double their investment. They'll be so pleased they'll tell everyone they know about this surefire way to make a fast buck. You use the influx of cash from the new investors to pay your initial investors, those who ask for a payout, that is. The beauty of it is that most of your initial investors will be so enchanted with those first checks that they'll beg to reinvest their money with you. Eventually, of course, your new investors will start to wonder why they aren't getting any checks and or some government agency or reporter might come snooping around, but by then, if you've timed it right, you'll have transferred yourself and your ill-gotten gains out of the reach of the authorities. Like related scams that include the pyramid scheme and the stock bubble, financial frauds like this one have been around for centuries. But only the Ponzi scheme bears the name of a particular individual, Charles Ponzi. As you might imagine, given that he was a legendary con man, Ponzi gave differing accounts of his background, so it's hard to establish facts about his early life. He was likely born Carlos Ponzi in Italy in 1882. He came to America in 1903 and lived the hard-scramble existence of a newly arrived immigrant. But the handsome, suave Ponzi was determined to rise in the world by fair means or foul. The foul means included bank fraud and immigrant smuggling, and Ponzi wound up doing time in jails in both the United States and Canada. While living in Boston in 1919, the newly freed Ponzi more or less stumbled across the scheme that would earn him notoriety. It involved an easily obtained item called an International Postal Reply Coupon. In simple terms, the scam involved using foreign currencies to purchase quantities of a kind of international postal stamp, then redeeming the stamps for U.S. dollars. This brought a big profit because of the favorable exchange rate of the time, and it actually wasn't illegal. The illegal part was Ponzi's determination to bring ever-growing numbers of investors into the scheme and just keep their money. 
Until the roof fell in, Ponzi became a celebrity. Before long, people across New England and beyond were withdrawing their life savings and mortgaging their homes to get in on the action. The end came in the summer of 1920, when a series of investigative reports in a Boston newspaper revealed that the house of Ponzi had no foundations. By that time, he'd taken some 40,000 people for a total of about $15 million. In 21st century terms, that's roughly $150 million. Ponzi spent a dozen years in prison on mail fraud charges. Upon release, he was deported and continued his scamming ways abroad before dying penniless in Brazil in 1948. The most recent Ponzi scheme happened in December 2008. Bernard Madoff's $65 billion Ponzi scheme was the biggest financial swindle in history. It began to unravel. In 2009, Madoff was sentenced to 150 years in a medium security prison. Just to let you know, the check is not in the mail. This is Jamie. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Okay.